Hi everyone, welcome back to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I'm Colin McFader and am joined, of course, again by Clark Coffey. How are hey, you? Hey, hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. We are back for episode 24, where we are wow. going to be discussing um, Grizzly Man, which Grizzly is Man. Uh, I, I not was... only one of my favorite Herzogs, but uh, one of the first ones I think I ever saw of a uh, oh. Herzog. Is it really? Okay, yeah. wow. You know, I, I can't I, I would not be able for the life of me to think of the first film that I ever saw of Herzog's. I I really honestly don't know. Um I, I can say this though, you know, probably the first you know, film or two or maybe even few that I saw of Herzog's, I, I, I really did not know kind of anything about Herzog. So right. the first few yeah. films of his that I saw didn't have didn't carry a lot of the weight, if you will. Of th- that I bring into, you know, when I watch a Herzog film now, because, of course, I'm so familiar with Herzog, it comes with so much additional stuff, you yes. know, behind yeah. the film. It's a good point. Yeah. But, but, uh, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, Grizzly Man is a, uh, of course, a documentary, uh, if you haven't seen it. Right. Um, about Timothy Treadwell, who was known as the sort of Grizzly Man who spent 13 super summers, interesting right? guy. 13 yeah. Summers? 13, 13 um, summers out in up Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Basically yeah. filming these um grizzly bears right uh, and i don't think he had a camera with him for all of them i think no it's only th- his last few ones that he brought the camera up to, to right shoot things. it's my understanding um, that i think they touch on this a little bit not much in the film actually but in some research that i've done outside of the film i think you're right i think when he you know and, and treadwell is a subject uh we can discuss that a little bit here right off the bat is mm-hmm. such is such an interesting um person his personality yes. And, you know, Herzog has such a gift, I think, for recognizing unique individuals, and Treadwell is certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, and approaching those subjects, though, in a way that, at least to me, I I never feel like Herzog's being exploitive, Mm-mm, and I no. never feel like he's not, he's disrespecting the subject. I, I yeah. you know, so I think it would be very easy for to some other filmmakers. Where he was fighting back against studio like yeah. pressure to do things that Herzog we'll t- didn't feel. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about that a little later about how, right, exactly. Um, but I think Herzog shows a lot of respect um, uh, in a place where you could be if you were a less sensitive filmmaker or a less yeah. empathetic filmmaker. I think you might, you know, some people could, might have a tendency to kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, make fun of Treadwell. But I mean, definitely an interesting guy. You're Like you said, you know, he spent uh 13 summers i think it was out in alaska Mm -hmm. in the total wilderness alone you know camping uh often on you know it and like bear like uh right next to bear sites and yeah what you you call the the bear maze death like the most dangerous places that you could ever do this in i mean anybody like you know like nobody like uh the forest service everybody would tell you like you're you're crazy don't camp like that you know you've got to have an electrified bear fence and you've got to have a weapon and you've got you know and and he had none of those things but but apparently he'll he built up to it um like you, mm-hmm. you're right. He didn't bring a camera for the first few years because I think he was actually learning. This is a guy who grew up in Long Beach. He wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Um, he went through a lot of challenges personally, which they cover in the film. He had suffered from alcoholism, drug abuse, and they had a lot of problems fitting in. Felt isolated. Uh, seems to me like it sounds like he didn't have much purpose in life. Yeah. Um, exactly. And and he found this as his purpose, or maybe you know he kind of manufactured or fabricated this purpose, which we're going to talk a little bit about, right? Uh, was he actually really helping these bears? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't think so, um, but it was for his own 
kind of internal desires that he was out there. But yeah, once he got acclimated to the to the camping and to the wilderness and learn how to be around these bears, he started filming everything. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think they, Herzog says that there was a hundred hours of footage. Yeah, that he actually went through and edited for this, which is much more than Herzog usually shoots. Well, right, footage. it's it. It's yeah. it's interesting to know, and and that's I think that's that had to have, this has to be unique in that way. Um, yeah, especially a, yeah, yeah. Is is that Herzog is totally against shooting extra coverage. He's completely about being very specific with his shooting, and his ratios are always you know much much less. So you know to have a hundred hours of footage to go through and edit for Herzog, that's you know completely different. Um, uh, of course, it's footage that somebody else shot as well. Yeah, so that's but he not, uses that's it incredibly well. Something... I think that that's one of the things yeah. that we've noticed is that he hangs on things that I think other directors would skim over or cut. Yeah. And he kind of, I think, almost uses the fact that there is so much footage and such a volume of footage yeah. to his advantage. Um, and, you know, just taking things of, you know, Treadwell, showing Treadwell enter frame as opposed to starting him in frame and starting his right. conversation. Right, Um and of course, I mean, in case I think we've made it clear, but of course, her, her, Treadwell was killed in his last summer. Right. Um, Spoiler Tragically alert. with, um, yeah. with uh, another person there, his girlfriend at the time. Um, and I actually, that's one of the points that I do want to make kind of getting into this mm-hmm. um, is is a difference in um, Herzog's style of filmmaking, which is that Herzog doesn't obscure that. It's not a movie where you spend most of the movie thinking that this guy's, you know, oh my God, this guy's crazy. He's out in the woods. What's yeah. going to happen? And then at the end you find out, oh my God, he's dead. He's, right. he's been killed. It's something that very early on the, the movie is instantly. clear that he's dead instantly. instantly. Yeah, the opening scene. Instantly. Um, opening scene, which is great. I mean, let's talk about that. And I think that that's that. something yeah. that is so... I had actually a conversation with somebody recently about sort of that specific thing. Um, okay. So I had watched a, a Netflix documentary on on the... Um, it's a true crime documentary on a, a, a murder, basically true crime murder thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it at all because I thought that it was exploitative in the way that it presented the facts. It obscured yeah. things until the end to keep the audience guessing and to kind sure. of play this game. Which happens somebody, a lot. You're right. Yeah, and somebody I was, wa- or somebody else that had watched it at the same time, um, not directly at the same time, but around the same time I was talking with and they said, you know, but that that's kind of what you have to do in that instance to keep it interesting and to mm. keep people guessing and to keep like that's how you keep people in. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a perfect example of like that that's not true, that you don't need to keep someone guessing on will yeah. he die? Will he live? You know, you don't well, need to misrepresent the the that's, sequence of events to, that's to such make a great something point. interesting. Colin, yeah. that is such a great point. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's a real difference that illustrates such a significant philosophical philosophical difference from uh, Herzog as opposed to so many other people. Yeah, uh, obviously yeah. the director of this this um, uh, movie or television show that you saw on Netflix. But you know that's the difference between you know Herzog treating Treadwell as uh, and we'll talk about this as a as a kind of a kinship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially yeah. as as filmmakers, as, I think is how as how Herzog looks at this subject. But but this is the way Herzog treats all of his subjects instead of making the plot the thing that's supposed to keep the audience members uh you know on the edge of their seats which is what you're describing in this netflix stuff right it's like oh does he live does he die and look there's nothing wrong with that but that's never how herzog approaches these things herzog's stories are always from a plot perspective extremely simple he mm-hmm. never makes convoluted plots, uh, puts convoluted plots in his films, because that's just not what they're about. Because, I mean, you know, even think it, like, that's a great point. If you had to describe someone in a sentence, okay, what's Grizzly Man about? 
I mean, my answer wouldn't be what the plot was about. It would sure. be about what the movie's say or what the the documentary is right. saying, what it's what it's telling it's us. It's about the human condition, which is yeah. what every single But if I had to be like about. it's about a guy that goes to Alaska and then another filmmaker who is <laughs> Like that's that's technically what the plot is. It's sure. about Herzog following up after Treadwell's death with people right. that knew Treadwell, but there's no information reveal. There's no like no. you know grand thing where it's like this conspiracy about oh my god, Treadwell right. was almost on Cheers. And like I'm so grateful yeah. for that. And I'm yeah, so grateful exactly. for that because that is the bulk of what we see. Yes, with it's, content it's, that and we it's have it's the now. easiest way to do it. Of course, it's the, it's easiest, the easiest way to way. do it. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that Herzog doesn't really he show interest in doing it. He's the easy way. He shows an interest in doing it the the most, um, the way that means most know, to him, enlightening way. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, so that's we touched on it just briefly there. But let's dive into this idea a little bit more. You mm-hmm. know, I think the world at large would see Treadwell as, you know, and maybe a lot of different things, but not as a filmmaker. No. And it's so interesting that Herzog, that's exactly how he is treating. Yeah, that's what he refers to him as for most of the movie. Right. And I I find this so fascinating because I think that, you know, we can use this kind of comparison, if you will, to compare and contrast Treadwell and Herzog and their filmmaking styles and even the commentary Herzog himself provides in the film about Treadwell as a filmmaker to kind of you know, look into what it means to be a filmmaker and the different approaches to, to filmmaking. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, and, you know, right off the bat, and we've talked about this, Cullen, a few times when we did our episodes on uh, the masterclass, mm-hmm. but Herzog is 100% without any doubt against being a fly on the wall, right? I mean, he's yeah. got his Minnesota... I, I forget now what it, what is it? is it the Minnesota like it's almost like his Ten Commandments right you know yeah um, where he's be against the hornet that stings be yeah. a hornet that stings not a fly on the and wall he, I mean he even in direct reference to this movie um, in an interview about it says right. that you know being a fly on the wall is like being a camera in, in a, a bank, bank yeah that you could wait ten years for a robbery and never nothing and never have happen. anything on film exactly um, and I think and that to me. The first time I've, I've seen this movie a few times and the first few times I've seen it, I never really thought about that because mm-hmm. Herzog is so about in that, that I've, I've never made the connection between being a fly on the wall or a hornet that stings. And then this whole other idea of what is truth versus fact uh-huh. and that, that you realize what, while watching this movie that they're so intertwined that, sure. um, that, that her, that, that Herzog, I think his point where he says that treadwell crosses the line is mm-hmm. when C- treadwell cl- crosses the line beyond being the hornet that stings and turning into fabricating mm-hmm. and not fabricating just for the sake of d- telling a larger truth as we've discussed before in mm-hmm. our episode on family romance and things like that but rather fabricating to tra- tell something that's completely not true right and fabricating to to um present an idea that that has no basis in reality that is fantasy and it's purely fantasy and and that's what you kind of realize with treadwell is that he built this fantasy for himself around this like happy kind of idea of you know he's friends with the bears the bears are all friends that he's here and then he but he did not want to um acknowledge and he didn't want to face the truth of nature which is that it's cruel that it's chaotic and that's that's the beauty well that's certainly that's certainly herzog's yeah yeah and when i look at nature i think i agree with herzog on that which is that part of the beauty of nature is the chaos and the yeah and the 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 you know the sadness and the tragedy within nature and so there's moments here where of course as bears do you know they'll like an adult male bear will kill a cub 
to prevent the uh, mother bear from lactating and thus making sure that she's ready to mate again. Hmm. And Treadwell just like could not handle that. He couldn't, um, yeah. it didn't fit within his worldview. And I think that, so again, that really goes into this whole connection of all these ideas that Herzog talks about that I've really never connected before, which is just, again, this idea of truth versus fact. You can't as a filmmaker, and especially not as a documentary filmmaker, um, you can't dislike the material that you're getting. Like you can't look at, Mm. this these this nature and the cruelty of nature and go no 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 that's not what this is i'm going to show a different side of it and i'm going to make that's up a my good own point truth that's a nature. good point well um, and i mean i think it follow you know treadwell just as a uh, as he's represented here obviously neither one of us uh, ever knew him personally and so mm -hmm. to comment comment on him as a, a full human being would be impossible for us to to do but i mean just the, some of the things that are presented to us about him in in this film and some of the information that's available about him out there in the world i mean there's there's definitely this trend right of him kind of running away from you know maybe some truths about himself and about the world um and fabricating things there's a, a really interesting story um in the film or scene in the film where Herzog's interviewing his parents mm -hmm. and his parents are telling a story about how uh, Treadwell was like runner up set, just, you know, almost had yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson's yeah. Woody Harrelson's role in cheers. And I, I think uh, I, I don't have any proof for this, but I'm going to speculate uh, that that is a fabrication that, that mm -hmm. is not even close to true because the likelihood of someone with absolutely no resume, uh, you know, being runner up uh, for a series lead in a network series, primetime series is pretty close to zero. But yeah. it's just, you know, I think, you know, time after time, we see that, that he could be very deluded. As and a even, well, even on a very basic level, we've been referring to him as Treadwell. His name in reality was Timothy William Dexter, that he right. changed that name, whether that was a kind of working name for, for his acting or whether that he changed it when he went to Alaska and kind of figured that it was like, Right. a little bit more nature and mysterious kind of thing but um and the fact yeah, that he, he thought you yeah. know he thought that he was in this park protecting these bears from uh, people when in fact they were already in a they place were in a where these bears yeah. were protected from people he you know yeah. so the kind of the fundamental crux of why he said he was there was just not exactly true you know i think mm -hmm. he fabricated you know uh, his relationship with the park and this whole idea and it's, that it's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy and, yeah it's it's this this idea that you have to like when you depend when you are dependent on that side of your life and you're so dependent on knowing that you need to be there for these bears then you're going to do anything to justify sure, that so sure. his justification for that was telling people that these bears were under attack that he right was there but it, well, in reality it was very much more likely you know not to speculate again on things that we don't know but but i my read of it kind of like, you know, my psychological breakdown, if you <laughs> right, say right. so to say, yeah. um, is that he was there for himself. Um, for himself. Yeah, he sure. wasn't there for the bears. He was there to, you know, and that's, do a self-fulfilling and And to be prophecy. fair, and to be fair to Treadwell, I, th I think that we all do this. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, that we we give ourselves purpose in life. I, oh, I totally. personally don't, you know, I personally think that, you know, whatever purpose we feel like we have is purpose that we've given ourselves. We've kind of decided in our own minds and hearts that this is important and we're going to dedicate ourselves to it. And that, yeah. that helps us make it through the suffering that is life. And I think that Herzog would agree with you completely. Um, and again, I think that that's where it, it comes to this point of like, okay, then he crosses a line. Yeah. And I think that's when it becomes this, right. you know, I have no, 
I think it's a bit odd, but I have no nothing against somebody going out and living in Alaska with bears sure. and, and spending. But at the point when you, you know, as Herzog says, and that there's a moment where he's, as Treadwell comes out and he's, he's cursing the, the, the park, park rangers yeah, and he's, right. cursed, and he's, By name. he's altering, right. he's, yeah, he's mentioning their names and he's altering things like he's trying to build passageways so the salmon can get up yeah and things like that and it's it becomes at that point then you're interfering with you're no longer ob- observing you're no longer trying to be part of nature you're now trying to control it and to play god in a scenario in such a wild right. land essentially right and i think that that's where to me as well and i'm, I'm sure that you felt the same way is, is that that's where to me it's like it goes from somebody justifying um, or giving themselves justification, giving them pur- themselves purpose in life um, to now being lost in that purpose. Deluded. And, and, and yeah. being so fearful of losing that purpose that you have to alter things to, to preserve it. Yeah. Um, and it, I think that's really, it's like a super interesting thing. You know, I, I have no, to me, watching this movie, there's never a point where I have any ill will towards Treadwell. No. Where I go, like he's a bad person, or he's, you know, I think he's no, someone no. who had a troubling, troubling childhood yeah. and teenage years that were, you know, filled with drug use and alcohol abuse and things like that. And then I think that um, he found what he wanted. But I think as a lot of people who have those troubling pasts, right? Uh, he, it was never enough. It was almost it became the new drug for him, right. um, which is, you know, poetic in a lot of ways. That that ultimately, sure. he, I think that's that's sort definitely... of overdosed on on bears. If, <laughs> Sadly, if that makes sense. yeah, I yeah. laugh, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, I totally agree. And I think, you know, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, I mean, I you know, Herzog often talks about right uh, an accountant's truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, accountant's facts, and um, and an, and a truth. And facts don't make truth. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think you're right. This is a good example where. You know, because Herzog himself, we'll talk about this later when we get to the footage, the interviews, the footage that Herzog actually shot, you know, but Herzog is always manipulating mm-hmm. his, yeah. his, his everything, every aspect of his films, his documentaries are manipulated. He, and he goes out of his, out of his way to say that that's what he's doing. I mean, there's never a question. Um, so I don't think it's not that the issue was that, that uh, Treadwell was, you know, doing multiple takes. It wasn't that he was kind of manufacturing scenarios necessarily. Or even the, pretending to be alone. Like or even pretending that is to be alone. ultimately harmless. Yeah. Right. But but you're right. I think, though, he, he moved away from, okay, uh, I'm kind of playing with facts to get to a deeper truth. Yeah, and He's I'm a actually filmmaker, yeah. missing the truth now. Yeah. And that... Yeah. And, and but of course, and this parallels, you know, the unfortunate reality. I mean, he also crossed the line of thinking that uh, th- that bears were going to somehow become friendly with him and mm-hmm. not be wild and somehow be tamed to his presence and that somehow he had some power over them. And of course, the reality is, is that there was nothing further from the truth. Those bears were likely barely tolerating his presence yeah. and ultimately, of course, ended up tearing his poor body limb from limb and, and i mean i think that's what's interesting him. is you so, see all these moments of and it reminds me a lot of working with with kids especially young kids um not to you know demean him but the, but there's this there's this very you know adrenaline kind of uh response that he has when a bear will challenge him yeah. and he sort of stands up and says no 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 and sort of stands up and then the bear clearly on its own will just goes this isn't worth it and walks You're away right. and then he turns around and sort of shapes that as you see like i i can do right. this right like, that was but all he me believed it i've yeah. no and question I, yeah, he believed exactly. that himself and that's no why question. i referenced yeah. that thing of like when it's when i'm dealing with kids and something like that happens and it's you know if a kid wants to use the force 
and then a draft of wind comes along and blows a piece of paper off the desk and it's like yeah i just did that and it's you know as a kid you may actually believe that and which gets us into uh, that's funny you know there's definitely something of um you know a case of arrested development with with yeah. Pitbull as well that there's this there's this there's searching for childlike um, qualities about yeah. him abound there's no question i want to go back to yeah. something though that you'd sure that yeah. we, we'd brought up and kind of got off on a couple of things but i think it's it I, I find it fascinating. So let's mm-hmm. go back to the very first scene that we've got in this film. And we talked about um, Fly on a Wall. And I was mentioning that this is something that Herzog uh, absolutely speaks against. It's not a philosophy he agrees with. Mm-hmm. But it's literally one of the first things that Treadwell, Treadwell says. says. I yeah. love this. So we've yeah. got, you know, Treadwell, we've got this this landscape, right? Treadwell set up the camera. And like you were saying, Herzog leaves the ends on. And I love this. Whether it's his footage or the way he edited Treadwell's footage, you know, we the this the the shot opens kind of before Treadwell walks in, so we've got Treadwell's entrance, and then you know Treadwell's doing his thing, and and then we keep it rolling after he's left, and you hear yeah. the kind of the commentary that Treadwell makes on his own quote unquote performance, or you know something unexpected happens, and it's the exact same way that I think Herzog would edit his own footage, which of course yeah. makes total sense. I think he absolutely treated this footage as if he had shot it, um, but I love that he does that. Because so many filmmakers I could see in the hands of other filmmakers, they would have cut off all those ends. They would have taken all that air out. And mm-hmm. it would have been so much more just A, B, C, D, E plot. And mm-hmm. we would have had a lot shorter takes. And we would have had a lot less of that magic that Herzog speaks to. And he talks about it specifically in this film. But but I love the fact that Herzog leaves this in where Treadwell says, you know, hey, uh, Treadwell's like, I, you know, I'm here and I'm observing these bears and I'm, I'm like, it's like I'm a fly on the wall. And it's funny uh, that he mentions that. But, but even though he does, I don't think that's actually at all. I think Treadwell actually totally misrepresents what he's doing there. No, he may, exactly. I think he wants people to think that he's a fly on the wall, but of course he's not. He is actively engaged and manipulating and interacting with and And interfering with and interfering with and setting up i mean there's there's no question yeah um there's no question so i think herzog you know we we look at herzog as a filmmaker at kind of almost like working as a co-director with treadwell if you really i think we can really kind of say that here um it's so interesting to compare and contrast them as filmmakers. You know, I think. I mean, I think that that imagine one of the things that I actually thought, and I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but yeah, while I was watching it, um, was like imagining if Herzog were the one that was going out to make a documentary on grizzly bears, mm-hmm. how would his footage differ ah, from what Treadwell was shooting? Um, which That's I think is super question. interesting because yeah. to me it would be again Herzog wouldn't if Herzog saw that the the again, I keep going back to this example, but it's a very direct example of mm-hmm. Treadwell interfering with nature, which mm-hmm. is that salmon, you know, clearing the rocks for the salmon to go up. Right, if right. If Herzog saw something like that and saw that the bears were starving at the, up, you know, upstream and that they were eating their own young because they were starving, Herzog would take that, op- at least to me. Okay, um, what right, I would in your imagination, he would, sure, He sure. would take that opportunity to show the cruelty and the, the chaos and the uncertainty of life and death and nature. Right. And go, you know, look at how, tre- you know, without a doubt it's tragic i don't want to see bears eating their young that's that's very sad bear cubs are very cute yeah um but at the same time there's something that it's one of those things that's like the hard lessons of life that make the rest of life so right it's truth it's truth it's like life is hard life is suffering yeah every everything dies things are dying all the time around us and you know i mean even if we extrapolate it from that let's be frank 
uh, the you know uh, capturing the reality of those bears' condition would likely have had a greater positive impact in the direction um, yeah. that 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 Treadwell was trying to take this stuff anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, he's trying to you know illuminate people into the the plight of the bear and their shrinking habitat, and as you know. Uh, climate change and impacts their ability to eat, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, frankly, capturing the reality of it might actually have, if he really, truly, if his was desire was to try to bring more attention, uh, that probably would have been more effective. But of course, it's not what he did. And but it, that's, it shows, that's such um, an interesting question, though. Yeah, to think. I mean, I think Herzog would have, in many ways, shot this very similar to the way Treadwell yeah. did. Now, yeah. obviously, there's there's just a tremendous amount of difference. I you know, as we've discussed several times, I think their philosophies are fundamentally different in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of similarities, you know? Yeah. And I think I, Herzog knows that. I think that's one of the reasons Herzog is so drawn to do this. Absolutely. I also think it's interesting, though, because we, you know, talking about this idea of that it would have brought more attention, likely, yeah. to the bears, um, that there is also a level of hypocrisy where it's like acclimatizing bears to, to be around human beings like... Mm. Treadwell would have been by not moving his campsite, you know, a mile each night and things mm-hmm. like that over after, you know, a consecutive seven days of camping or whatever the rule is, right. um, which is to protect the bears from being acclimatized to humans. Mm-hmm. Um, by that, he's doing a lot of damage to these bears. That's true. You know, it's one of these things where it's like he would always say, I don't want a bear to ever be killed because of me. Like if a bear kills me, just leave it. But he knows, you know, you've got to know in your heart that if a bear kills a person, that bear has to be found and killed. Yeah, that's it's all the true. same that if if a shark kills somebody from surfing, that that shark has to be hunted down and killed just by law because yeah. it's now, you know, tasted human and and how who knows what else is going to happen. So when you so as uh, he, as a environmentalist, is really doing incredible environmental damage by allowing these bears to get used to him, a human being around. Right. Because then they're more likely to attack another human. Well, that they're no you, longer fearful, that they are curious and, and you know. Well, let's get controversial here horrible, for a second. Yeah. Let me take this to some place. So we're kind of, you know, uh, using this film to kind of, you know, obviously Herzog saw uh, Treadwell as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And and uh, let's examine that and take that. Uh, take an interesting approach here. So you talk about Treadwell's inf- impact on his environment, right? We could mm-hmm. That's basically, in general, is what you're saying. Well, I have a thought here, because I've had this thought before. I mean, look at Herzog's history making films. You could r- easily argue that in many of his films, and let's just take Fitzcarraldo, for example, because I think it's the easiest example to take here. Look at the impact that, that Herzog had on his environment and surroundings yeah. during that film. Yeah. You know, you talk about uh, Treadwell, you know, familiarizing, desensitizing bears to humans. And of course, you know, ultimately he was eaten and uh, at least two bears were killed because of that. Um, you know, all kinds of things here. Uh, but Herzog mows down a section of the Amazon jungle and totally deforms the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, people are injured. I think there was even, wasn't there either... I don't want to speak out of turn, but wasn't someone... He tells the story about a guy cutting off his leg because the guy snake... Guy cutting off his right? leg, and I mean, we have like tribal fights, and um, you know, it's totally, just totally a disruptive presence yeah. in, in these tribes, in this area, completely disrupts this area for a film. Um, now, I'm not going to make a, a judgment call on, is it is it bad? Is it good? Should you do this? Should you not? But just comparing the facts here, I mean, I there's think a lot the, of similarities. The, the point of... Um... 
for me, the point where the hypocrisy comes up is, is, is intent. You know, had Herzog made a movie about saving trees and in the process of saving trees, had right. bulldozed an entire <laughs> and clear cut an entire section uh-huh. of, you know, to make his movie, then, right. then to me, yeah, that would be... So that that's would be a, a, you're right. That's a different element. Whereas, you know, because Treadwell's making this movie about, or, you know, I don't know what he was going to wind up doing with the footage. Yeah, but, who knows? Um, because his goal there is to protect bears. And then, right. but the irony in doing so is that he's... He's likely actively right. harming. So that's a the, good point. Um, there is that difference, right? Herzog yeah. never said, I'm going to go, I'm going out here to protect the Amazon. He said, mm-hmm. I'm going out here to make a movie. So that's certainly a difference. But mm-hmm. on some level, there's definitely, there yeah, there's is some similarity. Yeah. And, and I think there's another interesting uh, similarity too. And let's just, I'll go ahead and just take Fitzcarraldo uh, to, to uh, use as an example for this comparison as well. You know, I mean, Look, regardless of what you think about this guy, it's extraordinary, Treadwell. It's extraordinary that he could spend 13 summers mm-hmm. out in the Alaskan wilderness by himself for most of it. I mean, they and they talk about it in the film. Like, you know, the, the pilot that would fly him back and forth said, hey, this guy was a lot smarter than people give him credit for. Yeah. And and I've, I've read a lot of articles about this guy. You know, there's a very, very, very small percentage of people who could have done what he did. Yeah. To survive the survivalist alone elements, yeah. Out, I mean, that like this is a physicality, and that's what I want to talk about. The physicality of this to be in the landscape, to be that dedicated, right? Regardless yeah. of kind of how misdirected your, you know, your motivation might be. I mean, the fact remains is that he really put himself out there physically. Uh, this was a seriously profound endeavor, and I think. F- Herzog really films his movies the same way. Yeah. There's a, there's an absolute athleticism and physicality to Herzog's filmmaking. I mean, again, with, with Fitzcarraldo literally taking a steamship up over that hill um, and actually doing it for real, I, you know, he's one of the only or maybe is the only director to have made a film on all seven continents. I mean, you know, the the physicality with which Herzog makes films is just extraordinary, especially in his older age. The way he throws himself into these landscapes, these real places, never on a set, never in a studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think certainly Herzog saw a kinship uh, to Treadwell in that regard. It's certainly a comparison that sh- stood out very, very sharply to me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I again, mean, I, and one of the notes that I made while I was watching was just that it's not that Treadwell is an insane hippie, that there's like a balance that yeah. he didn't strike that got him killed. But there's also something really spectacular about these like rare relationships with nature that For Treadwell sure. had. Extraordinary, um, beautiful. And then again, that's what the tragedy is, is that there was this spectacular, extraordinary gift yeah. that wound up being, you know, abruptly ended because of the, the because he crossed the line because and, he it, crossed and it's that, such yeah. and I, that's a, such a good point because it's easy for us to be like, well, he crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but but often that line is really, it's fluid, and it's often really hard to see. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think Herzog does a good job of, of showing both sides of this where, you know, we really see some extraordinarily beautiful moments. Like you said, yeah. the foxes that have uh, become so used to Treadwell um, that they're almost like a pet to him yeah um, it comes and it brings its pet cubs to him yeah and, you and know, plays around and all that. Yeah. it is speaking to your it's it's likely that he was probably feeding them so yes. which goes even further to your argument that you know his 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 presence was actually doing these animals harm versus good but but you're right there's these really touching really beautiful moments and i think any of us would be 
charmed by that possibility. And I mean, Herzog even presents it in this film. And look how many people cross this line regularly. Look how many people just with their own pets cross these lines, this, this, you know, human versus nature or this, this are, you know, to be close to wildness or to think that you can tame wildness, but, but you can't, um, yeah. to think that we have power over so many things. I mean, just with dogs, look how many people are injured with their own pet dogs. And, and do you know what I think the proof of it, of, of Herzog's, you know, almost, uh, admiration for Treadwell is the disappointment in his voice when he does come to that point where he says mm. the, the crossing of the line. Yeah. You know, Herzog genuinely sounds disappointed that yeah, he's, he's like, this guy was this. doing such an incredible yeah. thing. And now, you know, and now he's crossed. A, like that's, that's Herzog sounds genuinely. He doesn't sound like he's just going like, no, yeah, the guy crossed a line and that he deserved what he was saying. He sounds Herzog more sounds like he's mourning him and saying that, you know, yeah. the unfortunate aspect of this is that he had such a brilliant thing going and then decided to cross this line that, as you said, was probably very fluid and probably gray even, and hard to I, see. I don't even know if it was, you know, I, I'll add to that a little bit and maybe from a different perspective. I don't know if it was so much the, that that Herzog thought he had a good thing going. I don't know. I didn't ever get a sense from this film that Herzog approved. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of yeah. of of this overall idea right yeah um that that this guy spending summers in alaska was was the greatest idea but i think when herzog looked through 100 hours of his footage and he saw so many of these really beautiful moments um and, you know and and the idea that this story really encapsulated the, like the the beauty but also the like, you know, the as Herzog actually says, it's he thought that this contained such like beautiful human ecstasy, but also mm -hmm. the darkest turmoil. Um, and and I and I, I want to draw a correlation here. I I just I, I thought of this earlier, and it just came back to me again. You know, in in the master classes, one I think it's one of the first classes. Herzog talks about some required reading. And I've heard Herzog speak to this book in the masterclass and a lot of other places as well. So it's clearly something that's important to Herzog. Um, but the Peregrine, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I've read the Peregrine. Herzog I, I, I recommends it to everyone. You probably yeah. did. Mm -hmm. uh, but for those who haven't read it, it's it's a really wonderful book. I highly recommend that you pick it up. It's basically about a man uh, in England who uh, spends a lot of time watching a Peregrine. Um, out near his home. And in very similar way that Treadwell does here, the man starts to almost become one. To, Personify to, it almost. To meld yeah. with the peregrine, to become peregrine. Yeah. While he's writing this book, we you get a sense, you, you can feel that this human the, is this is turning into or becoming one with the subject of his art. Mm -hmm. the peregrine and it's absolutely just a beautiful a beautiful beautiful book and again i highly recommend you pick it up if you haven't read it uh and i think herzog recognizes that this is happening here if you'll yeah. indulge me for a moment i think that that's a really good point yeah that treadwell is morphing into the subject is turning bare uh, becoming one with and i think that this is what all artists do if I, if you're really firing on all cylinders with your work. If you're really present, if you're really there, that's what artists do. You become one with your subject. 
It's an exercise of your empathetic muscles. And that's the whole point, you know. Now, sometimes this is a great illustration of, you know, with a peregrine, well, this guy didn't end up trying to jump off a building and stoop down and yeah. catch some prey and then die. You know, he he cut this off at a place, you know, he, there was still a boundary there that was healthy. The guy didn't do anything like that. With Treadwell, he went too far. Mm-hmm. Um but but it's but but regardless, I think it's such an important aspect of being an artist and of being a filmmaker. And I think Herzog really, I think if obviously I can't speak for him, but my hunch is that that really spoke to Herzog, that he felt a kinship with that experience. And I'm sure, Cullen, you've had the same thing, uh, whether you were writing or making a film that you you really feel like you're 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 on fire mm-hmm. when you you can hardly tell a difference between yourself and the subject. Yeah, absolutely. You know? That's a really good point. Yeah. And uh so I I I mean I I think that there's a you know we talk about Treadwell not being, you know, ridiculed or exploited and uh and I know how much that book means to Herzog and uh I think this is a really wonderful example of that. You yeah. Know? Totally. So uh, yeah, and, and then of course there's, I mean, uh, I guess perhaps to to go on a different note here, there's yeah. um, th- the music in this movie is uh, different than most of Herzog's other movies. Okay, um, yeah. Richard Richard Thompson is the person that did the music, mm-hmm. um, and it's very much uh, more of an like an acoustic. Again, I I said very something that fits guitar with driven, Alaska. yeah, like an acoustic um, guitar driven. But one thing that was interesting music. was that we before we uh, recorded today we were discussing you know maybe like why herzog chose to go with its different route mm-hmm. and again i would just have to be guessing here but one of the things that i i speculated was that perhaps herzog was using this music um to score treadwell's movie and not to score his own movie mm. um, that's and an so interesting I thought that thought. was kind of a you know yeah. perhaps you know of course i've got no proof to back sure, that up i've sure, got no sure. quotes based on that but i think that that would to me at least be you know, uh, I can see it being a reason thought. because yeah. it's not to me, you know, it's not just the location. It's not just the fact that it's shot in, in, uh, Alaska, Alaska, uh-huh. um, because Herzog shot things all over the place and not used music from those specific, I mean, even in Nosferatu, like we talked about last week, there's like right. acoustic sounding stuff in Nosferatu that doesn't really fit with this Bavarian feel, but it works. Right. When we're on um, the journey to Dracula's castle, there's yeah. that kind of out of place feeling, almost like 70s acoustic guitar, yeah. guitar kind of thing going so on. So Herzog's yeah. definitely not not beyond, you know, using music that he likes that's not necessarily fitting with the subject mm-hmm. matter that actually winds up just working in general. Right. Um, so I, 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 I think to me, at least, that's kind of where I get this feeling that it's like he was getting someone to score Treadwell's film. Well, that's... Um, cool. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I think thought. that would be an interesting. Yeah. I'd love to ask him one day if I had the chance. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, a really interesting thought. And I, you know, speaking of music too, uh, you know, I really felt like the final song of the film was extremely effective. Yeah. That was Don Edwards' Coyotes. Yeah. Um, As he and, walks off with his fox, uh, and fox it was friends. Be- right, and reminded me of the penguin in yeah. Encounters. Uh, of course, we know that Treadwell dies. And this final shot kind of almost is like the walking, you know, to his demise, to the sunset kind of thing. Very mm-hmm. like bittersweet or frankly, just maybe full on sad, but uh, but a beautiful song and likely I'm going to guess likely staged uh, mm-hmm. that where the um, the pilot uh, who would drop off uh, and pick up Treadwell in Alaska when the season was over 
added his own line mm-hmm. uh, and Treadwell is gone. Yeah, like really sad. And you, I think you had mentioned you felt like it was kind of, what did you I, say? I think it was... it's almost to me, it felt, it gave me a sentimental feeling. Of yeah, like maybe that, more sentimental than most Almost this feeling like, like, and I know you said that you got the encounters feeling, but to me, I almost saw it as like this, this idea that, you know, I, I don't know if Herzog's religious or not or what. Or right. if he believes in any spirituality, but it almost, yeah. it's like to me, it was just the image of him walking off with the foxes was yeah. like he's still there. Like there's this yeah. element of, and especially since well, they they put his ashes right where those fox dens were. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting too um, that there's the final moment. So the I think the final footage that her, that Treadwell actually appears in, mm-hmm. Herzog kind of recounts that he appears as though he's hesitant to leave the frame yeah that he's sort of standing there and it's rainy and it's windy and it's stuff like that and it's it's not a very nice day so it's it's, i think it's like three hours before he was killed yeah that he took that that footage yeah um but it it does kind of look you know like he is hesitant to leave it that yeah that he well that's such a weird you know i i really like this uh you know i think I, I like this idea, and and it reminds me of you know, her, landscapes are such a vital aspect of Herzog's films. I mean, over and over and over, uh, Herzog talks about the importance of finding new imagery, of finding l- landscapes that represent landscapes of the soul, and yeah. he he mentions that very specifically in this film. I think there's a there's a scene where. Uh, there's like these ice fields that are jagged and broken up, and mm-hmm. and this is footage that Herzog shot right it's over not, his bay too, right, right over the bay that Treadwell stayed in. Right, right, and he, you know, and and Herzog wonders aloud if this landscape represented the inner landscape of Treadwell's soul. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the impermanence of Treadwell, and we know he's gone, and of course. Herzog knows that he's mortal and he's getting older, and of course we all know that we are mortal and like treadwell diluted himself with a a few things that we discussed well we all dilute ourselves and on a daily basis we usually most of us kind of dilute ourselves into thinking that we won't die and Mm -hmm. i think you know i had a thought and this is just you know my own kind of uh, thinking about why landscapes might be so important uh to herzog or at least this is the feeling that i get from them you know I think for most of us, when you go outside and you're, you're, you're somewhere in nature and you see this extraordinary landscape, it, it's never something that we articulate explicitly, right? No. But no. we feel this, it, this, we're inspired with, with such an awe that fills us up when we look out mm-hmm. into that horizon, right? It's almost overwhelming sometimes. And I wonder, you know, what is it about these mountains or the sky or the sun or the clouds or the rivers or the plains, you know, I mean, it could be so many different things. What is it about that that causes us such pause? And I wonder if it's because on some level, like deep, deep, deep primordial level, we we kind of recognize that these natural landscapes stand in such permanence mm-hmm. relative to our fleeting nature. Yeah. And, and that they kind of connect us through time because they're there always to those who've, to all who've ever been and to all who ever will be. And in a way, we're kind of in this little weird way kind of connected to this human consciousness that, you know, of all the people who've ever seen this and felt this when they've looked 
at what you're looking at, we feel kind of a connectivity to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It was just a thought that I had uh, as I was watching this film and knowing that her you know, landscapes are so important. And, yeah. he, you know, he he really touches on that in this film. And clearly Treadwell was motivated to put himself in this awe-inspiring landscape that was mm-hmm. alien to him, at least at first, you know. Um, I don't know. So, I, th- I mean, I think it's also that that goes right in hand with a note that you had written, which was just about that the that be almost because of the way that Herzog edits Treadwell's footage and leaves like these long kind of openings without Treadwell being in it, that yeah. Treadwell appears much more natural in the landscape. Like he like that. It's almost like a trail cam that this guy is just walking by that he could be a part of <laughs> yeah. this. You know, it sounds funny. No, uh, no, I see but, what you're but, saying. Yeah. But it does, it, it does almost give that impression that like Treadwell is, is a part of this landscape that it's, yeah. it's a bizarre feeling yeah and i think that's a, that's an interesting point whereas you know of course we'll never know it would be so interesting to it's but it's interesting to imagine how would treadwell have edited this yeah clearly yeah. clearly clearly he would have t- i mean almost certainly i'll make a hypothesis you know he would have edited out a lot of the stuff that herzog was actually most interested in which was yeah. the you know before his take and after his take where he was commenting on his own performance and Mm -hmm. and where these kind of magical in herzog's words things were happening accidentally right outside of frame or in you know coming into frame i think you know treadwell would have likely cut a lot of those things out because he was he would have been encumbered by his own ego and would not have wanted to represent himself so vulnerably whereas of course herzog did see him as part of the landscape that was the whole right that he was a part of this whole experience just at you know the fox or the bear or treadwell or the mountains or that that ice landscape they were all were mm-hmm. part of what herzog was exploring with this film um and 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 so i agree i think he edited it in a way that that really represented that well and highlighted that yeah. aspect yeah. And i think let's talk a little bit about you know so we talked about you know so much of this 100 hours of film shot by Treadwell, uh, and maybe what, you know, I don't have an exact ratio, but I mean, what, maybe a third of this was footage Herzog shot, yeah. interviews, yeah. maybe, roughly. And let's talk about that a little bit, because I think it's really interesting. You know, I, I want to hear what what your sense was, but my sense, I mean, immediately. I, I And as somebody who's watched most of Herzog's films, and I've, you know, read a lot from Herzog and watched a lot of his Q&As, I mean, I know that Herzog manipulates his... Uh, interviews. This is there's just yeah. no question. But yeah. it seemed especially obvious here to me that all the interviews here, whether it was with you know his actor Treadwell's actor friend or the coroner, um, that these were clearly rehearsed, clearly staged, clearly set up, and and kind of took on a, a different tone than you would almost ever see in a documentary film. Did you get that sense right off the yeah, bat? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. That it that yeah. it feels much more like. Um, a retelling like when you see one of those like almost like a court retelling of someone right like a dramatization almost yeah dramatization exactly that that's what to me it felt like um yeah that's rather than someone recount like and i think that that's you know i think that's totally intentional that it seems less like herzog was i don't think herzog wanted them to have him like the coroner when he's discussing the things that could have happened, things that he thought when he came in with the, when he had the box full of the, what are literally body parts. Um, yeah. I don't think Herzog wants him sitting there going, you know, 
And I was just telling this like heart wrenching story about I yeah. think Herzog's much more interesting interested about clarity of what that person thought and what they felt right. and well, and what we they know thought of Treadwell. In the master class, in one of the master class, Herzog actually yeah. talks very specifically about this film and about this scene and he talks about how he had to kind of stop that coroner and said, okay, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I don't need an accountant's retelling of the facts. I yeah. let I want to understand, you know, what's the heart of this? What did this mean to you? How did this mm-hmm. make you feel? And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows how many times he worked with the coroner to kind of get that quote unquote performance ironed out. Yeah. Um, but, but we do know again, like you said, that we, right. we know that Herzog rehearses with interview subjects and you can certainly tell as actors yeah absolutely and and i and i don't disagree with him i think you know all of us i know i've been there with you and we've shot documentary stuff you know it's and this goes back to the fly on the wall thing if you just set up a camera and you sit somebody down in front of it (laughs) you know it's unlikely that you're going to get some great stuff you you have to massage that you have to work that story and you have you have to hone in on it, and you have to be an active participant as a filmmaker. You do, you can't just sit a camera in front of somebody and say, "All right, well, you know, we'll just roll for a few hours and let's see if we get something we can edit together." So, you know, I completely agree with Herzog. It just seems especially obvious here. Um, well, and even know, just the fact, like everyone in these interviews is primarily looking at the camera. Um, oh, with that's the exception an of the point. one yeah. moment when he listens to the tape of Treadwell's death and is actually oh, that's on camera. Scene. But but Let's most of the um, yeah. but most yeah most of the interviews the people like the camera's floating, it's handheld, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people are t- kind of talking directly to it. There's a few that's exceptions, true. but um, mostly but people primarily are talking to directly to the camera. But yeah, no, let's talk about, about that moment of um, yeah, where he's listening to, of course, uh, one of Treadwell's close friends has the tape of his Jewel. death. So She's let's, never yeah, listened to it. Let's talk um, about that for a second because I think this is yeah. a, this is a really great scene, and I think it's you know it's a scene that has been uh, that has transcended even the film. I yeah. think a lot of people are aware of this scene. Herzog's talked about it a lot, but just real quickly, in case you've not seen the film or it's been a while, let's just recap it real quickly. Mm-hmm. So, one of uh, Treadwell's close friends, girlfriend, ex girlfriend, uh, name is Jewel, hasn't uh, at the time that that um, Treadwell was killed by the bear. They had a camcorder with him, him and the woman he was there with in Alaska, and they had it recording with the lens cap on. So there was audio of this unfortunate event, but no video. And Jewel had been the recipient of all of Treadwell's physical belongings after his death. And so she Mm -hmm. had this tape and she had not listened to it yet. And boy, I don't blame her. I wouldn't either. Um, But... uh, the studio knew that this this audio existed and was kind of pushing Herzog to include this in the film, right? Yeah. And I think Herzog found an extraordinarily creative and effective way to to not only make a good film, to yeah. have a, a really almost suspenseful, the studio's wishes, yeah. like like I mean, almost Hitchcockian level of suspense in a documentary. I mean, it's a fantastically compelling and effective scene just from a cinema perspective, but it actually also completely and totally respects Treadwell mm-hmm. and the situation. And I th- I mean, I think to have included any of that audio would have been horribly exploitive yeah. and would have undermined the effectiveness of the film. But I Don't think a show lot the of, shark, right? Right. But I think a lot of filmmakers would have gone there, right? Yeah. 
Um, and, and, you know, so the so the, the way Herzog did it, which I think was just fantastic. So Herzog is actually the one listening to the audio, but instead of the camera being on Herzog's face, and Herzog's got headphones on, so you we can't hear it in the film, and Jewel can't hear it. Only Herzog can hear it. He's playing back the audio. We don't see Herzog's reaction. We actually see Jewel's reaction to Herzog's reaction of the audio, mm-hmm. and it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's extremely yeah. captivating. Uh, and so, uh, it's just a great example of, you know, a really an amazing way to handle, you know, what could have been a really tough situation. Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, I want to go back real quickly too to, you'd, you'd, you'd mentioned, and I think I only kind of subconsciously recognized this, but it didn't, I didn't really process this consciously that you're right. A lot of the interview subjects look directly in camera and, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time, right. Most of the time, if you're doing an interview, you've got the subject who's on camera is looking to the interviewer off camera. So the eye line is not directly into camera because usually that's a little bit weird, right? When somebody's talking directly into camera, it kind of puts the audience in a place of like this person is breaks like, the fourth wall, breaks the fourth yeah. wall. Right. And you're like, OK, this person is looking right at me. You know, it's yeah. like the only time you might use that. I mean, I in my um, I do that sometimes. Uh, in my like videography work, like for corporate work, where let's say it's like the CEO is talking to you know all the employees of a company. Yeah, and it's, it's like and, we and built here a wonderful you know corporation yeah, that you know. Yeah, 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 and it's like, but that's the point is that the CEO wants to talk directly to an audience and kind of yeah. have them feel like they're. T- but it's it's very rarely something you would ever do in a film, and you're completely yeah. right. It, it and I'm curious, like, what do you think was the the, the motive behind that, do you um, think? I think that there's there's a few, I mean, a few things that jump into my mind are one that because Treadwell talks to the camera the whole time that perhaps, again, there's this element of Herzog yeah. utilizing that and going, uh-huh. okay, then I'll good have point. every single person in the movie yeah. talk the same way. Yep. Um, I think That's also, um, I think that, that Herzog has shot, if I remember correctly, similar interviews in other movies. Yeah. Not, common i don't think any of them use it as much as this one but i i've definitely right i I think to like into the abyss i think that there's a one or two maybe interviews where the Uh, people are actually talking to the camera i think you might Um, be right yeah and i think think it's i mean it's a really interesting way to do it though because a lot of the interviews in this movie aren't talking heads they're you know the coroner standing in the 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 room where they would do autopsies and is describing you know all the things and showing the box that the yes they came in again so there's like even the, the, you know, you're not sitting down with the pilot at his house. They are at the place. In the plane. Where, or they're where, in the plane, yeah. Yeah, and then they land and they go and he walks them up the tr- the path and says, like, this is where the bear was. I yeah. ducked right here. The gunfire went over my head. I mean, they literally um, go to where Treadwell was. Uh, uh, the bear had been killed that had yeah. killed Treadwell. And there's literally yeah. bones there. Now, we'll never know were those actually the bones did they yeah you know grab some bones from somewhere else i mean who knows you know yeah. but the but the point is you're right and i think it's a great a great lesson for documentary filmmakers uh to just kind of note is that herzog never just has talking heads sitting in like a living room somewhere he always takes the interview subjects to where the event happened and he's done this so many times before in other films uh at, to great effect and um, I, it's it's something that makes me really reflect on the work that like I've done too, and it's you know thinking even back to when we were in California right. and we were shooting at that that we shot at like a school of like magic is what it was called, but it right, was kind of like right. tarot cards and, yes. and astrology and things like that. And I'm think I sorry just with this movie, I was thinking, you know, I wonder how different it would have felt if we had shot that interview with someone standing and showing us the 
Yeah. All the elements of that that school and things like yeah. that. And that's what I really like about Herzog is that he can kind of make you think um, differently about what, you know, I think that the stuff that we shot there was great, but I but it's interesting to think about, yeah, huh, like what would it have been like if we had done that differently, if we had had rather than, you know, right. an interview kind of set up them talking about the actual, because it was filled with like all these knickknacks and stuff. Sure. So, um, so I, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I, I look at Herzog as such an in, interesting documentary filmmaker because of that. And people who haven't watched Herzog before, I think that's one of the more compelling elements about Herzog yeah. is that, you know, people, that's one of the most common kind of pieces of feedback I get when someone says like, yeah, I watched a Herzog movie is that it feels so different from other documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels, um, it just, there's, you know, it's difficult to put into words, but it definitely, it's got its own thing it's, it's got its own got flavor going on yeah and exactly. that's and 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 on that note i mean that's that's one of the reasons that we absolutely uh love herzog and it's yeah. one of the reasons we picked him and his films to discuss in this podcast because you know i think both of you agree he has a a singular voice as a filmmaker and uh the world of cinema is definitely better for having him in it so exactly. all right yeah. well i i think you know that we can wrap it up there yeah uh, no, I, that, I, I think that was a great yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, hey, you know, uh, this has been a blast. You know, I say this every time at the end of our uh, podcast. <laughs> but hey, man, I, I, what, hey, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun, right? Yeah, and it's grizzly, uh, man. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So I look forward to our next episode, which we'll we'll have to figure out what film we're gonna we're gonna do for next episode. Yeah. So that'll be a surprise. But I look forward to that. And everybody out there listening, we hope that you've enjoyed this. And uh, thanks, Cullen, as always, for a great yeah, conversation. Yeah, no worries. A lot of and, fun. Until next time, everyone. Bye-bye.